0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I would like to first apologize for just having mistakenly read the reading, the gospel reading, from the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany. I should have read to you the fifth Sunday, obviously, after Pentecost. In this gospel, the fifth Sunday after Pentecost, is places the passion of anger, front and center. Our Lord warns us against it in very severe terms, telling us, whosoever shall say, thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire." We also know the admonition from the epistle of St. James, the anger of man worketh not the justice of God. St. Paul calls us the children since the fall of our first parents, denoting this passion's often disproportionate influence in our lives. Surely, no one here is ignorant of this vice of wrath, the, the danger that this passion has for our own lives, our own souls, and for the lives of others. and if we make no effort to subdue our anger. But to get to the heart of this question, are we to understand that we are always simply to be nice? There are those who have criticized the teachings of the Church, Catholic Church, the teaching of Jesus Christ with this charge exactly, that it makes us doormats for other people. Some have pointed to to evidence of this, seeing evidence of this, in the words of our Lord from St. Matthew's Gospel, to turn the other cheek to those who would strike us, to exercise patience when our pride is under siege by someone else's insults. But remember, on another occasion, when seeing the iniquity of the money changers in the temple, Christ did not hesitate to drive them out forcefully. And it was, just, it was a just anger which moved him to do so. Just anger has been affirmed in various places in the Scriptures. There are, for example, words of the fourth psalm repeated by St. Paul in his, epi- in his letter to the Ephesians. Be angry and sin not. And let not the sun go down upon your anger. So the answer is no. Unjust anger is not the only kind of anger which exists. But we must rein in our anger. We must rule it. We must rule our anger. Our anger must not rule us. We must not stoke our anger and let it turn into hatred. When this happens, we can be sure that we sin gravely against the fifth commandment, against the charity, the love which we owe God and our neighbor. Indeed, we must exercise the moderation of all of our passions by reason. They have a place and a function in our lives, but unlike so many of our contemporaries, we do not simply sit back and do whatever we feel. We do not simply do what happens to us. Rather, reason must be applied in all of our thoughts, words, and actions. So we must not believe that anger or any other passion is to be entirely banished from our our souls. We are not Greek Stoics who believed that the wise man is moved by no passions whatsoever in this life. We know from painful experience that this simply is not possible on this side of eternity. And the virtue of fortitude, in fact, makes use of anger when it is necessary to overcome some obstacle, such as a threat to our life or that of other innocent persons. St. Thomas Aquinas vindicates this doctrine, regarding this doctrine of St. Paul regarding the necessary place of a moderated anger. He teaches that evil is found in a passion in respect to the passion's quantity, its quantity.
1: That is, in respect of
0: its excess or of its deficiency. If there is either too much or not enough, And thus evil may be found in anger when, to wit, one is angry more or less than right reason demands. But if one is angry in accordance with right reason, one's anger is deserving of praise. The angelic doctor continues recalling the the adage of Aristotle that anger helps the brave, since our, our sensitive appetite is moved by reason, so that it may render our actions more prompt. The virtue of fortitude requires a moderate anger. And he goes on to cite, to cite St. John Chrysostom, who says, he that is angry without cause shall be in danger, but he that is angry with cause shall not be in danger. For without anger, teaching will be useless, judgments unstable, and crimes unchecked. Crimes will be unchecked. When has this been more true than in recent weeks? Sadly, in many places, particularly particularly in the United States, we have witnessed the drama of anger the danger that is posed by both the hateful and vengeance-filled form of anger that our Lord condemns in today's gospel, as well as as by the lack of just and righteous anger on on the part of the legitimate authorities who have failed to repress crime and instead give it in to a shameful weakness. Cowardice in the face of angry and violent mobs. Mobs who, it must be admitted, do not act as they would have us believe to combat racism, which any person of goodwill would condemn. Because it is a grave sin against the fifth commandment, but they are instead animated by a Marxist ideology and hatred of the Catholic Church. What other possible conclusion are we to draw when we see see them attempting to tear down statues of Catholic kings, change the names of cities that are named after the saints, stating openly that they plan to tear down our cathedrals next? Do they actually believe we are that stupid How dare they? If this does not make you justifiably angry, something is wrong. Catholic politicians have a duty to defend the Church of God from these unjust attacks. They must not let themselves be drawn in by the claims of those who perpetrate these acts of vandalism, of desecration, of rioting and violence that they seek to fight racial discrimination or prejudice. If that were truly their cause, we would make common cause with them if their methods were sound. The Catholic Church, the popes in particular, have always spoken up against this vice and against practices such as slavery. So do not be naive. Do not be gullible. These individuals are carried off by a dangerous anger and we must not imitate them. We must preserve virtue following always after the example of our Lord Jesus Christ in moderating all of our passions by reason.